gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of the American Awakening. I am your host, Michael Herzog, and the title for tonight's broadcast is The Fog of War, and Are We All Facing a Knock on Heaven's Door? Now, my special guest tonight is a published author. She's an investigative journalist, um, and she's just recently written an article published in the Activist's Post called A Separate View of the Israel-Hamas War. Her books include Exile and At the Breaking Point of History. And she's also written a couple of other books, poetic books, I might add. So with no further ado, I'd like to welcome Janet, investigative journalist Phelan. How are you, Janet? Hi, Michael. I'm so pleased to be on your show today. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's you know it's been a it's been a long time. I think it's been I don't know several months uh, since I've had you on. But you know you, Janet, you wrote a, a very very intriguing, interesting article with a kind of a different take. And as uh, we all know, and most of the world right now is following this you know this uh, ongoing event, if you will, about Hamas, you know, with this alleged surprise attack on Israel back on October 7th and you know there's a lot of propaganda that's been surrounding that uh, a lot of questions that have arisen about that and what I, the reason I wanted to bring you up tonight is you have a little bit of a, a kind of a different take to a degree on it so uh, would you like to get started I have a number of questions on, on a pose in here but if would you like to get started on an overview of it I certainly would um, because I believe we're being conned big time. Now, uh, a lot of those in the independent media have become aware that uh, something is kind of wrong with the uh, official narrative of what happened. And I'm going to read here uh, just a, a short uh, uh, clip from a piece by Bruce Weisberger, who is a, a researcher and uh, author, writer, rather, uh, from New York. And she has written an article in which she goes into uh, the con. And um, she brings up many, many uh, things that are wrong with the official narrative, but I want to focus on this. So, from Bruce's article, How on earth could the Israeli government not have gotten wind of the planned attack. All the more, how were the multiple layers of alarms not set off? Even if it was a surprise, and even if all the warning systems were somehow disabled, why was there no response for hours? 
Now, um, this issue of how in the world this could have happened with the amount of surveillance on that border fence is something that the mainstream media has essentially glossed over. But um, I do want to reiterate that uh, it is said that a cat cannot stroll by that border fence between Israel and Gaza without alarms going off. So if a cat can't walk by it, how was it that armed men could uh, cut through the fence, stream through, and Israel wouldn't be wouldn't know about this for hours? Well, to elaborate just a little bit further, I want to kind of add to what you just said, Janet, because, you know, you said, well, a cat couldn't walk close to the fence, but Israel and their, their, they have bragged for forever about how intricate, and they've got the greatest technology in the world, blah, blah, blah. And that, we're not just talking about, I mean, we're talking about electrified fences. We're talking about razor wire. We're talking about cameras. We're talking about uh, uh, electronic surveillance. We're That's talking right. about ground surveillance. We're talking about a multitude of anything and everything that, you know, anybody could imagine regarding being able to track, trace, or identify anything living, breathing, or otherwise, even all the way down to possibly a plant waving in the breeze. And somehow, as you just, yeah, and somehow, as you just pointed out, for some untenable reason, all of this failed. That makes no sense. Well, it does make sense in another respect, which I'll get to, okay? But, you know, the, uh, there's a few things that have come up since this ha- well a number of things that have come up since this has happened but from your perspective janet what are your thoughts regarding because you said something's really fishy something along those lines what is your thoughts on on what may have really happened well i'm uh, i'm i'm afraid that uh that israel has a hand in allowing this to happen um, I, you know, there, there, there were all these debates around 9-11, remember, made it happen on purpose or let it happen on purpose. And uh, I am afraid that given what I already know and have experienced actually firsthand with the Israeli government, I'm afraid that this is, we are being seen, we are being uh, given uh, an op that is unrivaled except, you know, possibly by 9-11, which, as we understand, we had the same sort of intelligence failure. But in this case, the intelligence failure is very specific. We don't have jets that that didn't scramble. We have a fence, which is the ultimate protection uh, surrounding Israel, which somehow all of the technology that has gone into uh, enhancing and protecting that fence suddenly failed. And uh, I don't believe it. So what what we have to st- do now is step back and s- say, how, how does Israel, how, no, no, not Israel, because we have to delineate between Israel and, the land, the people, and Israel, the government. So the question is, how 
does the government of Israel uh, actually benefit from this? And my answer is, I think, rather surprising because I do not believe at this point in time that governments are adequately representing their people. I'm taking a step back now uh, and uh, kind of looking at the overview. Um, we saw a, a rather insistent effort in Israel um, surrounding the coronavirus, for example, to make sure that everybody got vaccinated, that, uh, in fact, Netanyahu was, was on camera saying that he was turning over all of the uh, information on the vaccinations uh, of the Israeli people to Pfizer. In a sense, Israel was, the Israeli people were used as lab rats here. And we know from, uh, from medical journals and reports that have come out uh, since that time that this vaccination was not such a great idea. So, you know, if we, if we take a step back and see where governments are not acting in the best interests of their people, uh, we can kind of proceed to understand why the government of Israel may have allowed this to happen. And my particular perspective uh, has to do not so much what people are calling uh, the resultant genocide on Gaza. My concern is that there is going to be a genocide uh, on Israel. And let me uh, take a moment to take a uh, little sip of water, uh, if you, and I'd like to explain how that is going to happen, unless you have any questions right now. Mike. Well, no, no, I, I really do. I don't have any questions, but I want to make it clear, and I'm sure that we can all relate to this in one form or another, whether you live in the United States or all around the world, is governments, I mean, the, the question is, and raise your hands, audience, how many people really trust and believe their government wholeheartedly? And the trust has eroded both with the government and the mainstream media, especially here in the United States. But I mean, I can, you know, New Zealand, Australia, look what has happened when you talk about the COVID thing. People have a very little trust in government, but but there's a bigger agenda here going on. And I'm going to I'm going to let you continue. But yes, I have a, a myriad of, of both questions and also observations. And by the way, I want to mention to the audience here, you can go in and read this article that Janet wrote in its entirety at my website, theamericanawakening.org. But anyway, go ahead and finish with your you know, conclusions or synopsis of, of what you're talking about here, and then I'll interject. Go ahead, Janet. Um, I predicted in my 2014 book, Exile, that there was going to be a, an attack, uh, basically a, a two-pronged attack on the state of Israel. Uh, one was going to involve a war, which would not come out well for Israel. But following that war, there would be another attack. And we're going to hold that off for a minute, and we're going to talk about this war. Now, in 2021, when my book on the pandemic uh, was published, the book is titled At the Breaking Point of History, and it was published by Trine Day uh, in Oregon. At that point in time, there were uh, further reports in the media 
concerning how close Iran is to developing a nuclear weapon. And it was it was predicted at that point in 2021 that Iran was about a year away. So we're now two years away from that uh, that possible development. There have not been media reports that Iran has developed the nuclear weapon, but I suspect that it has. So given all of the uh, blowback concerning this Israel-Hamas war with Iran threatening again Israel, and if, you know, if there's further attacks on Gaza, uh, I believe uh, Iran has stated that there would be an earthquake-type response uh, hitting Israel. I, I think it's very possible that Iran has the bomb, the nuclear well, the nuclear bomb, and I believe that they intend to use it against Israel, as they have said that they would now for years and years. Now, what we're seeing is we're seeing an intentional ramping up of uh, of civilian casualties in Gaza. Uh, we're seeing where uh, Israel has tried to warn the uh, the residents of northern Gaza to move to the south because they're planning uh, Israel is planning a, a, a an operation a war a military attack against northern Gaza and we're seeing where Hamas is deliberately uh, blocking the roads from northern Gaza to the south so that the Palestinians get trapped and of course, the civilian casualties will ramp up. Now, uh, there, there, and these civilian casualties are being used as a reason to involve uh, Hezbollah, Iran. So Hamas is not acting in the best interests of the Palestinian people. Hamas isn't protecting its own people from. Uh, this this military assault by Israel. So what we're seeing is a lot of activities that are ramping up uh, concerns worldwide, and and that would end up with other uh, countries joining in, including Iran, which I do believe has a nuclear bomb at this point in time. Boom, there goes Israel. Now, uh, unfortunately, as we saw with 9-11, the hand of the so-called, you know, initially aggrieved state, in in the case of 9-11, it was the United States. In the case of here and now with Israel, it is, and, and the Palestinian people, the uh, original aggrieved state was Israel, but we see where the, we're on both counts with 9/11, and then again on October 7th, we can see the hand of the quote-unquote aggrieved state in facilitating this attack. Um, well, the parallels between the protocols, well, protocols and the results of both 9-11 and this attack 
are very, very similar. And I have, you know, we hear, you know, they, they say the first casualty of war is the truth. And you mentioned earlier, you said, well, Hamas is blocking the Palestinian people from leaving through the south. And my question to you is because I've heard, and, and I want to be agnostic about this, I've heard differing stories about this. One is Hamas is blocking, just like you uh, uh, iterated. But the other one is that Egypt is not allowing them to leave. Okay. That also. That also. That also. There, there's another crossing. It's called the Rafah crossing. And right. it goes into Egypt, and Egypt is not allowing that to be used either. Okay. Right. All right. So the, but the other thing is, is that every time, and there's, you know, there's a number of, of events that have transpired over this course since the seventh of the month. And every time there is another, you know, event that transpires in Israel with bombing and, you know, with whatever they're bombing over there. And I know, you know, according to reports, they've now killed over 5,000 Palestinians. But every time right. there's a bomb drop, it's like an, uh, it, it's, a, it's a twofold event. Number one, the bomb drops and, the, you know, the some of the Hamas dies, maybe a million or not a million, but uh, hundreds of civilians die, including children. But it's an incendiary event in two phases because it just absolutely infuriates the rest of the two billion Muslims around the world. But to me, and correct correct me if you think I'm wrong, and if you want to interject or you know debate this is fine. But it looks to me like this is deliberate, and it's almost like it's a collusion in between not only the United States government, the the European government, Hamas, which by the way was uh, uh, it's kind of an intelligence agency sort of conglomeration that was actually instituted with the help of Israel back in the 70s, okay? So it it looks to me like there's a collusion between all of these groups deliberately, and from my perspective, I really don't believe that it's Hamas or Hezbollah, for that matter, that has got the you know, concentrated focus of the West. I believe all eyes are on Iran deliberately. And whether they have the bomb or not is anybody's question. They may very well have, and I've heard reports uh, that they have the bomb. But there's a bigger picture here, and that is the BRICS nation agreement where these some of these nations have formed agreements that have decided to start trading their oil in euros or yen or rubles or whatever. And, you know, Iran is an oil-producing country that has, I, I believe they supply 20% of the world's oil. And the, the monetary system is starting to lean towards a different method of, of interacting their transactions globally because of the misuse that the United States government has had ever since the Bretton Woods Agreement in 1971, uh, Nixon, you know, uh, uh, reverted from, uh, took silver off of, or took it off, took us off the silver standard, which used to be the gold standard, and now we're on a fiat currency, and this government has misused that, and the powers that be in the monetary system have inflated it to the point where all these other nations have gone, you know what, we have to find something else here. And to me, it looks like that could be the core or one of the core issues why they're targeting Iran is to disrupt this BRICS nations agreement. But that being said, we have the lead up to this, which there are a number of anomalies. And I'll give you another one. Okay. Um, 
this lady that you comment about the article that you read, I, I don't remember her last name. It was a, was it uh Bo Shamer, something like uh, that? Brucia Weisberger. Okay. Brucia Weisberger. Okay. She was talking. Uh, okay. So Hamas took all of these alleged hostages, right? And uh, according to a couple of excerpts that I read from this lady that they killed a whole bunch of people. What, what I found fascinating, and I'm really scratching my head over the reasons why, is just, I think it was yesterday or day before, Hamas released two uh, uh, hostages. One of, the, one of those hostages actually shook the hand of one of the Hamas uh, uh, soldiers or officers or whatever, and she said she was treated very well. So there's a there's a kind of a there's a kind of conflict of uh, some of these stories that are put out there about Hamas brutally killing all these people. But on the other hand, they're holding these hostages, letting some of them go. And they're basically saying they're using them as uh, uh, as bait, not bait, but they're using them as negotiating tools to get, I think, five or six thousand Palestinian prisoners released from Israel. Have you heard anything about that? Um, go ahead, please. No, no, I'm, I'm asking you if you've heard anything regarding that, because uh, that just came out, I believe, today or yesterday, that they're using the, the hostages as a, a tool to negotiate or want to negotiate with the Israelis to release uh, Palestinians that have been held prisoners for years. Have you heard anything about that? Because that was just a recent thing that I ran across. I, I don't have any updates on that. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. You probably uh, have more information on that than I do. Okay, but there's but there's more to be put in the mix, like, you know, and again, I'll refer to your article. Uh, and this reminds me of the attack on Libya, you know, the, the, whole con the whole narrative that was fabricated when they took about Muammar Gaddafi. But there, uh, why were light-complexioned foreign fighters seen? on the Hamas side in videos of the October 7 atrocities, which right. could lead one to ponder, is it possible that some of these alleged Hamas people could actually be mercenaries that were hired by, not Israel, not, 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 not the people of Israel, but the Israeli government? Because my, cons my, my discernment tells me that just like the United States government, let's put, let's face it, America last. They had Joe Biden hasn't been done anything since he's been office in office to do anything for the American people. Not one thing. He's got open borders. He's sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine. I mean, I can go on and on and on. But it's the same thing with Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu has basically used the Israeli people as a guinea pig, mandated the shots, sent the information through DNA or whatever to uh, to Pfizer. I mean. That's not the benefit of the the true America or the true Israeli people, the people that have come from all over the world and you know decided to to uh, set up their their domicile in in Israel. That it doesn't look to me like they're protecting the Israeli people at all. And so, at the end of the day, does it not look like not only the Israeli people but the American people with the open borders and the COVID and all that stuff are literally being cast aside, used as guinea pigs and or and or, you know, collateral damage or cannon fodder for their main agenda. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would like to state something very, very boldly. Uh, 
in terms of that. I believe that the leaders of these so-called sovereign and free nations uh, are, are, are colluding together in order to um, to destroy their sovereign nations. Are you still there, Michael? Did I lose you? No, I'm still okay. there. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because my screen just suddenly went blank. I mean, my screen just shut, indicated that it shut me off. So, so I think we have a leadership problem. And I think that the leaders of these these countries who all climbed on board with the pandemic, who are uh, now, you know, talking about uh, this this war in terms of uh, uh, means that are going to end up extremely uh, bad for all parties involved. I believe the leaders are working together and they have their own commitment uh, to a separate agreement that has nothing to do with the well-being of their people. I think we saw that with the pandemic. Uh, We saw that with 9-11, and we're seeing it now in terms of of what's happening in Israel. And I would like to boldly state something that I understand is is a rather controversial uh, uh, proposition, but it's something that I absolutely believe which is that Israel is slated for destruction and that this war may very well be the means to do so. Well, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Uh, There's another point that I want to bring up in your article, and I believe it was, uh, 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 maybe it was that you you questioned it or, or maybe it was the other girl that you related to, but it says, doesn't this massacre appear to be set up by the same evil globalists who brought us the deadly COVID vaccines? And the answer, and my, my answer would be yes. But not only are lots more people now dead, but a war is brewing and worldwide anti-Semitism is boiling over just as they wish. Now, if you add that to the fact that we've got in this, in this country, in the United States, we have on record, I believe the figure is, and this is on record, this is not the real figure, folks. This is what they're telling us the figure is, over 6 million illegal migrants that have crossed over our border since this new administration, the Biden administration, took office. Well, a lot of those people, and it's being uncovered now, that a lot of those people are uh, gang members, MS-13 members, they're Hamas, they're Hezbollah, and so forth. And it looks to me like they are very covertly infiltrating this country, along with what they have done in France, in, in, you know, in, in, in the UK, and so forth, with to to basically on a you know a divide and conquer scale you know separate us right get us fighting against one another we see the demonstrations that are for example in Israel in France in the UK in the United States we see different acts of violence that are starting to break up now break out now and it looks to me like from my perspective this is what they want they want us divided. They want us fighting with other, each other. But you add also into that, and, and I'm sure you've pondered this, Janet. Do, do, have you thought about what happens if indeed uh, Israel sets foot on a ground invasion into Gaza? They've already been warned by Hezbollah. They have already been warned by uh, Jordan, by, by Iran, by Syria, that if that happens... 
you know, add that to, to the disgust that they see of the Palestinians being bombed, it's Katie bar the door. It goes into a massive regional war, and then Lindsey Graham just came out on Face the Nation just on Sunday and is talking about, you know, Iran's the problem, blah, blah, blah. We start shooting at Iran, Russia's coming in on Iran's side, and we've got a nuclear war, or not a nuclear war, but we've got a world war. And these people, these players in the game, included, but, inclusive but not limited to Turkey and so forth, they have nuclear weapons. This is not like the United States picking on Iraq or picking on Afghanistan or picking on Libya. Now we're talking about the major leagues here because we're talking about picking a fight with people that can fight back. And at the end of the day, think about something, Janet. We had COVID. We know what that did. In the United States, uh, according to statistics, killed 1.1 million people. All right. According to the statistics worldwide, it killed over 20 million people. All right. They tried to roll that out again just here a couple of months ago, and it fell flat on right. its face. There was only 2% right. of people that actually got boosted. Then they, 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 they ratcheted that down, and they came up with the climate change again. That's not working very well either because this whole electric car syndrome and, you know, people aren't buying it. So now they've shifted into gear with this, you know, mysterious attack on Israel, but it's all about their primary goal. They want to break down the world to the point where if we go to war, our gas prices go through the roof. If we go to war, that means that the, the truckers across not only this nation, but the world will not be able to afford to truck their goods to the grocery store. Okay. We're talking about uh, ammunition sales that have, that they have skyrocketed but they're going to ammunition is going to be non-existent because uh, one major supplier and they supply a number of different ammunition companies. I can't remember their name right now. They were just sold to a Czechoslovakian guy. OK, but all of these, all of the ammunition is going to be null and void. All of these seems things, things seems to be tying in as well as throw in a, a, a imminent banking collapse. There are banks all over this country that are closing right now. It all seems to be a part of a grand plan to bring the world to its knees and introduce a one-world totalitarian government, okay, because people at some point in time after the massive death and destruction, not only in Israel but all over the world, are going to throw their hands up in the air and say, anything, please stop, we'll do anything to prevent this war. That's when they get their mandated vaccines, their digital ID, their CBD currency, their uh, uh, tracking and trade, the whole nine yards. It all comes into play, and we will accept it because they have broken us. What do you think about that philosophy? You know, I think that there are there's a dispute going on in in uh, various uh, pundit circles whether the goal here is absolute biocide meaning, you know, nuclear war, end of life as we know it, or if the goal is simply to, uh, to, to remove certain inconvenient, uh, unacceptable uh, people and to uh, promote a one-world government over who is left. Um, I have been studying eugenics a la American style for uh, some years now. And I am seeing where certain eugenics programs are already up and running in the U.S. For example, the war on the elderly and disabled 
through uh, court-authorized guardianships as well as through uh, the euthanasia laws that, that are being passed now. So there, there really is no doubt in my mind that certain uh, demographic groups are considered to, are slated for termination. And I am, I do believe that uh, Israel has, is on that list. And I believe that after the destruction of Israel, following uh, this war or possibly the next, if it doesn't happen with this war, then the next war, uh, then then we can see another pandemic unfolding in the U.S. Now, as you know, Michael, a lot of my work has focused on uh, biological weapons and on the fact that a secret pandemic delivery system exists in the U.S. and uh, very likely, it's been found in other countries as well, including in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Um, also in Switzerland, in Canada, in at least one major city in Latin America. Um, and I believe that this is a woefully incomplete list. So we have a secret pandemic delivery system, which could uh, potentially wipe out or, shall we say, mop up, uh, the remaining uh, uh, people who are considered inconvenient or slated for extermination. And I am afraid that following this, uh, this ramped up mounting attack on, on Israel, which we're seeing, uh, you know, being threatened by Iran and elsewhere, uh, following the, the destruction of Israel, that we're going to have this secret and rather selective pandemic uh, visited on the U.S. and possibly worldwide. So that's going to take care of blacks, Jews, uh, uh, probably native, native indigenous peoples, um, and possibly anybody else who is is politically uh, inconvenient enough to, to protest the wholesale murder of, of others. So, you know, I guess we can take our pick, you know, whether the, the agenda is total biocide or the agenda is simply, you know, a, a, a one world government over a particular kind of, of, of people, which excludes... Uh, the the inconvenient. Well, I'll tell you what. If if we and, and take a moment, folks, isolate this. Forget about the people of the world. I I know you are as well. But I am the person. I believe that everybody that fogs a mirror on this planet has the right to life, to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I believe that. Right. Everybody right. that has been born on the planet, regardless of their color, race, read, creed, religion, they these these colluding members of these governments don't believe that. And I'll take a prime example. This attack of 9-11 that killed 3,000 people was done deliberately by design to, to, to most bolster uh, and get support of the American people to go in and attack Afghanistan and Iraq. That's what, that's what it was for. The same thing is happening in Israel. They don't care how many people they kill. How many Israelis they kill, they don't care how many Palestinians they kill, it doesn't make any difference to them. 
whoever it was, and I'll bring this up, whoever it was that built those Georgia guidestones back in the early 70s, okay, put it out in brick, in stone that says we want to reduce the world's population down to 500 million people. Interestingly enough, Janet, that when the, when the people of the world started to wake up after this COVID thing, isn't it amazing? That people started asking questions because their friends, relatives, and, and neighbors were starting to die around them. Somebody mysteriously blew up those guidestones, and the reason is because they didn't want to draw any more attention to it because it would wake up even more people. They they put in stone what they wanted to do way back then, and they're carrying it out on us now. And by the way, speaking of that, speaking of you know, what you were talking about, you know, eliminating certain people. Think of the motive here, Janet. Look at all of those people that were killed in Michigan and New York in the nursing homes when Cuomo forced them in there when there was a hospital ship sitting off the coast of New York that Trump put in there. Why is that? The unfunded liabilities that the government has on Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid benefits. How convenient to wipe those people off the rolls, not let their family members go visit them in the hospital, not let them go see them at their funerals, couldn't go to their funerals and watch them be buried. It took all of that Social Security out of that deficit. How convenient, don't you think? And, and let me add another thing. How convenient that, you know, we saw this happen in, in, in after 9-11. Remember when George Bush got on the aircraft carrier and and proclaimed victory because they went in on this magic attack, right? Remember when he was on the aircraft carrier? I, I don't remember that. Please tell us about it. It said it, there was a big banner. It says, Mission Accomplished. What's interesting about that is they went in, they, they did a bombing campaign on Iraq. It uh, started in March of 20, uh, 2003. Okay, and then George Bush got on the aircraft carrier says, with a big, big banner. Mission accomplished, and all these thousands of sailors were clapping. Well, that was just the start of the Iraq War, okay? But it, but it, 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 it showed that it had the American people behind them, okay? It's the same thing now. They're doing the same playbook right now to get the American people behind them for their goals, and they're using Israel. Okay, could have been any other country, but they're using Israel. I mean, even Benjamin Netanyahu came out and said, this is Israel's 9-11. And guess what? He was right because there was Mossad involvement. There was CIA involvement. There was um, uh, Pakistani ISI involvement in the plan in the pre-planning of the attack on 9-11. That's a fact. That's a fact. They're using the same playbook on the same mind-numb, dumbed-down people around the world. But the good news is people are starting to wake up to this. Look at all the demonstrations that are going on around the world right now because of this. All of us, all throughout the world, are sick of war. And we're sick of, of seeing senseless, innocent people killing. doesn't matter what race, creed, uh, or, or religion it is. Unfortunately, it's they've picked Israel to do it. Okay. They could have picked any country, but they picked... E- oh, I don't think they could have picked any country. No, well, I'm sorry. They, well, really no, 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 you, you didn't give me a chance to finish. They, okay, could have picked, they could have picked any country, but no, they picked Israel because politically speaking and religiously speaking, that would be the ideal place to do it, would it not? Um, I think given their motives, it certainly would be. Right. So, so you didn't <laughs> you didn't give me a chance to finish because I was going to elaborate on on that and tell you it makes perfect sense, and I, I, it's sad to say that 
you know, through my, oh God, what is it, 20 years now since I woke up, I'm awake. I'm not woke, I'm awake, okay? You, you reach a point in time, it's like going to school again, and you reach certain levels, and I've attained the level where I've literally been able to think like them to a certain degree, to understand their motivations and what it is they're doing and why they're doing it. And it is completely obvious to me that they are doing this for um, uh, the agenda of a one-world totalitarian government, eliminating the people that they don't want in the world, and having a few people around left, 500 million or so, you know, just as the, the, the guys that, that, that are manufacture the widgets and whatever uh, uh, corporations they want to keep, okay? But that's been their goal for a long time. At the end of the day, however, we look at the death and destruction that's going on on an ongoing basis, whether it was in Israel on October 7th and 8th, in Palestine right now, okay? Israel is bombing Syria right now. Israel is attacking uh, Palestine right now. And what's interesting is I saw a poll recently, I think it was about last week or 10 days, where I think the figure was 86% of the Israeli people were demanding through demonstrations of hundreds of thousands in the, in the street that Benjamin Netanyahu be relieved from office. They don't even want him in there. Okay, so, you know, it's not the Israeli people, just like it's not the, the American people. It's their government that is doing this. And it's their government that is in collusion with other governments that... Who is it? Klaus Schwab, who has the World Economic Forum, who has this school that graduates these, you know, the future leaders of the world, right? And I think now he's got over 10,000 of them. And they all are of a collective mindset. They're all thinking the same way. They've all been trained, brainwashed, uh, uh, compromised, bought off, whatever it is that they've done. But they're all thinking along the same lines. That, to me, at the end of the day, we've been infiltrated. The Israeli government primarily has been infiltrated. The United States government, the European government, we've all been infiltrated. And I see a few countries that haven't been infiltrated that are standing up against it. One of them is China. And I think there's different factions that I think that it could be that all of them want a one world government, but it's just who's going to run it. Does that make sense? Um, well, that, that would be a level of infighting among the elite. Yes. I think we've seen that. Yep. Yes. Yes. So, but, but another thing, you know, while I've, while I've got you here, you know, I want to, I want to talk a little bit, circle back as Jen Psaki would say, and, and speak for a little bit about the pandemic or the pandemic and the way it got started, because um, isn't it interesting that supposedly it came from a wet bar in Wuhan yet, you know, it broke out in certain areas of the world, which you made your you scratched your head and say, well, how could they do that, right? And supposedly they tracked this person or that person there, but there was a massive breakout, if I remember correctly, it was at Milan, Italy, and and in New York City, wasn't that where two major breakouts were? Oh, I think there were major breakouts um, that were reported in many places. Well. But my question is this. I'd like to say something. I'd like uh, Go ahead, please. Well, I was just going to say my question is this. In those specific areas, uh, you know, they were claiming that, that, you know, this was obviously through travel. People traveled from Wuhan, got off the jet, blah, 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 blah. 
That doesn't make sense. What makes more sense to me, it was either aerosolized and sprayed in certain areas, or it was run through the water supply or something of that nature. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that there are... Uh, I wrote an article uh, suggesting that there was a triangulation of attacks with the coronavirus, including, uh, but not limited to... Uh, imposter pharmaceuticals, which could include a problematic vaccine, and also uh, water systems. I, I, I want to mention something. I had a, a conversation with uh, Dr. David Martin some time ago in which he said, uh, he, well, I, I wanted to contact him because apparently he had uh, told another reporter that most of the New York City Jewish deaths surrounding uh, the coronavirus were actually delivered through the water system. And I wanted to hear his take on that. And he admitted to me in this conversation that he knew about the tweaked double-line water system since around, I think it was 2004, although he hasn't been discussing this publicly. But he, it was his perception that uh, that in New York people died because of of water delivery of a specific toxin. So um, you know we've got a situation where there are multiple vectors that can deliver illness, uh, aerosolized uh, through through quote-unquote medicine, medical care, through water. Um, there are those who are saying now that uh, certain vegetables and, uh, and foods are, are being uh, given more or less the vaccine so that we can ingest the, the problematic vaccine, you know, through our food supply. Well... And I've heard that as well. As a matter of fact, I was you, you met my son earlier who had mentioned to me, he warned me that uh, Bill Gates has come out with a patented, some kind of a spray that uh, uh, supposedly protects fruits and vegetables and makes it last longer. I can't remember the name of it right now, <laughs> but it's got mRNA on it and you can't get it off of there. So I don't rule that out. At the end of the day, the point that I was trying to make with this is that you know, this is nothing new. This has been going on for a long time. They've had an agenda to depopulate the world and to condense it down into a one-world government. That's been, back in the 60s or 70s, if you'd have mentioned that, they would call you a conspiracy theorist. But now people, there are many, many more people that are open going, you know what, there's a lot to this. And the only difference now is we're seeing the curtain come down. We're seeing the masks come off. And because of the fact that we know there, no question, even though if you say it, just like Owen Schroyer went to prison for saying this, the elections are rigged. They now control the elections. Okay, if if you are, are a, a nationalist or if you believe in or believe in a republic, a constitutional republic, you're not going to get elected unless they unless we, you know, correct this uh, terrible system that we have, and so. They have enough control now where the curtains come down, their masks have come off, and it seems that they don't really even care if we know. 
Look at the people that are lingering in jail of the January 6th event for almost three years now. What happened to the right to a speedy trial? What happened to our, a, a, a blind justice system? What happened to equal justice for all? It's gone. Okay, and because of that, and because of these people that have infiltrated and been able to take it over by whatever means, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and compromising and, you know, uh, bribery or whatever it is, they have pretty much accomplished their goal. And now we're seeing it play out with events like we're seeing happening right now. This is a much bigger picture than what they are propagandizing the American people with. The, uh, the American people and the people of, of the world are simply being spoon-fed propaganda to get them to go along with this agenda. And this agenda is killing and is going to kill millions of people. Look at what's happened in Ukraine. They've been telling us here in the U.S. for a year and a half that Ukraine is winning a war. That's the lie. That's a lie. There's been over 400,000 uh, uh, Ukraine soldier deaths over there. The war is pretty much over. And, you know, the military-industrial complex, the war machine has to continue to crank its wheels. So they're moving that, you know, and that, that money laundering scheme over to Israel. So you take all of this and put it in the mix and you... You, you, you can only surmise that the people, not just the American people, but the people of the world are only pawns in their game. So, so we're, we're, we're getting short on time. We only got about uh, probably about nine minutes left. But from your perspective, I want to ask you, Janet, first of all, if you have anything else that you feel we haven't covered or what in, in your mind would be the solution to this? What can we do to stop this? Well, uh, I, I think that is a very good question. And I think that sharing information such as what we have discussed today is absolutely pivotal. Um, I think that the more of us who understand that we are being uh, uh, given you know, a, a, a theater event, a, a multi-stage op, which we are supposed to you know, obediently approve of, if we understand what is really happening in front of our very eyes, it'll be harder and harder for them to continue to pull this off. I also want to mention that I have a, a plan and intent to uh, try to turn over these water records, which are, are, are clear as a bell. Uh, in terms of how they've tweaked the water systems in order to promote a possible selective genocide. I, I do intend to travel to The Hague and, and attempt to engage the International Criminal Court, which I, I imagine will not be happy to, uh, to, to receive this sort of complaint. Well, in fact, um, well, let me just finish here because... Um, what I've what I've been attempting to do is to get the water records from other countries because the United States of America does not subscribe to the Rome Statute, which set up the Hague. Therefore, the Hague claims they have no jurisdiction over the U.S. So, whatever evidence I turn over to them of the U.S., they can dismiss on jurisdictional uh, bounds. Uh, so, I am working right now on getting the records uh, from other 
countries that do subscribe to The Hague so that uh, they cannot use the claim of jurisdiction to dismiss this complaint. It's very clear to me what's going on. I mean, you know, we're, we're in, in, in an inordinate amount of danger now. We have pandemics that can be unleashed upon us uh, selectively, uh, non-selectively. Uh, the, the, the United Nations itself is moving towards approving next year uh, amendments to the international health regulations as well as a potential pandemic treaty, which will uh, completely obliterate any possible uh, uh, individual, national, local sovereignty, health sovereignty, and objection to uh, any uh, any mandated form of of uh, of treatment. Uh, so, in other words, uh, the, the WHO can declare a pandemic, and uh, based on uh, this prospective treaty and amendments to the international health regulations can order us to uh, be vaccinated or or to stay inside or, or, or do whatever they want to with us uh, based on their own determinations. Uh, and, you know, in which case we become simply fodder for uh, a killing machine. Well, it's interesting you brought that up because I've interviewed James Rogoski, an activist that has been working right. on that very issue. Uh, I've had him on my podcast uh, twice. And I interestingly enough, I believe it was on the 24th or 25th of September, there was supposed to be a major meeting between the countries regarding this issue. And interestingly enough, or maybe it was I think October 12th, something like that, was recently, and they postponed it. So it looks as if, and there's another, there's a number of countries that are now uh, submitting uh, documentation to the, uh, to the UN, the World Health Organization, objecting to this. So it looks like we're making some headway there. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too excited about it now. I haven't talked to, talk to James in, in a few weeks. But uh, it looks like there's been some positive events unfolding in that regard. But at the end of the day, we have a massive, and I agree with you, you know, educating the people, and there's a massive awakening going on, but educating the people is part of it, because I have said for many, many years now, the, the, the key to this is simply non-compliance. Do not comply, because they need the acceptance of the people to be able to, to attain their goals. Just a, I'll give an example. They tried to introduce CBDC, CBDC uh, digital currency on a test yes. basis in Nigeria. They do. Okay, and they withdrew it. You know why they withdrew it? They withdrew it because the people wouldn't comply and actually burned down three banks in Nigeria. And because of the backlash, the Nigerian government was forced to end their CBDC introduction. The second COVID booster rollout started in late September of this year, at least in the United States, after a propagandic scare campaign attempting to ramp up fear of the latest variants. The results this time saw only 2% actually rolling up their sleeves. At the end of the day, it failed. <sighs> If we don't comply, 
they cannot succeed. Now, I want to close out this podcast today on a couple of notes. And by the way, uh, sorry to say, we've experienced some technical difficulties during this broadcast. And Janet Phelan, uh, has, she's, she's left the broadcast. But I want to encourage you at your leisure to visit my website, theamericanawakening.org, and read Janet's uh, activist post article in its entirety. As folks, it is an excellent read. Now, also, I want to mention that in upcoming weeks, future broadcasts will be including a few advertisements to help us with expenses. And if you have a product you wish to promote, or you might wish to make a donation to our cause, you will find further information on the same website, the AmericanAwakening.org. Meanwhile, I want you to digest what you've heard from this broadcast. I'd like for you to share it with your friends, with your neighbors, with your relatives, and maybe your coworkers. For no matter where you may reside on this amazing planet, Remember, we're all in this together. And regardless of your race, your, your creed, your color, your ethnicity, or your religion, we have proven many times and in many circumstances that we can all live together in peace, regardless of our differences. The citizenry of this planet is not the cause of all the death and destruction that we are watching unfold as I speak, but rather a nefarious bunch of arrogant, greedy monsters holding positions of power that indeed are the root cause of what we're seeing unfold. We, the people of the world contain the power in our very mass to make change. There's 8 billion of us. I mean, again, just look at Nigeria as one example. Peaceful resistance, along with prayer, has proven through time to work wonders. Another example would be Mahatma Gandhi. They fear us. We are the masses, folks. We can make a difference. All we have to do is not comply. And as many of you may have seen, around the world, there are massive demonstrations going. Hundreds of thousands of people in the UK, in France, in the United States, all over the world that are standing up resisting this possible escalation of war that could very well uh, metastasize into a nuclear exchange. And let's face it, none of us want that. And who are these people in power who are psychopathic enough to think that one or the other, regardless of which country that may be, could actually win such exchange? What is that acronym, MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction? They need to be thinking about that. So, end of the show. So, see you next time, folks, and thank you for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week. Bye for now.